It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yeah, we were talking about earlier is, uh, yeah, just how um, pretty much. We, we like to focus on all these ancient civilizations, like uh, you have Egypt, Rome, Greece. Uh, in um, well, I guess uh, yeah, Samaria, um, or the 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 civilization in the Near East um, structures over there. But we never, no one really draws attention towards this area because everyone just immediately thinks that it's all you know, backwards and um, unadvanced. And so what you're proposing recently, is a giant deflection technique. Go ahead. Yeah, to get people to not look in this area. but there It's not special people. or important. There's nothing here. Just move on. Yeah, just move on. Exactly. Um, but this guy, um, Sam Osmanagic, he's a Bosnian researcher, and he discovered something pretty... Um, that really turns the tables here, and uh, in Visoko, which is um, in central Bosnia, and it's actually part of the. You talking about the pyramids? Yeah, these Bosnian pyramids. Uh, what he calls them, and initially, he thought um, when he visited the area, he was just kind of struck by these structures, um, they call them natural formations, these uh, um, like hills, and mm-hmm. he was just kind of struck by them. Well, they they, they're going to use the word mound, aren't they? Yeah, a mound or a hill. To play it um, down? Play it down, yeah. Now, they do have mounds in North America. They're not pyramids. They call it yeah. the mound builders. So they were probably giants, by the way. Yeah. Well, yeah, there were a lot of uh, there's a lot of gigantism in uh, North America. Evidence for it, yes, under the yes. mud. Um, before the Indians arrived, which I believe they arrived, like I said, I believe they were Samaritans. But they took a long time to migrate. They were already a mixed people. Yeah, and they slowly migrated. I think God brought them across um, Asia and mingled with the Asian people. And they began, they even looked less like Israelites. Then they crossed the land bridge when there was less water, called the Bering Strait now, came right over here. And they generally stayed in North America, which I kind of found interesting, because we were told that, you know, you look at the the stocky-looking people like in Peru, and how they're actually physically less attractive. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, not everybody's the same, has the same physical attraction. We all know this, okay? Yeah. But we're not supposed to talk about our society. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah we don't have a problem with the animal kingdom, though, do we? You know, there are ugly animals. <laughs> yeah, really are. And we come out of ugly is actually curse. And in, in, in heaven, there's no ugly angels. They're all beautiful, even if their yeah. beauty deteriorates slowly over time through devolution. Right, but it's just slower than ours. Yeah, we're we're, fa- we're faster, obviously. Everything 
it's deteriorating, but of course on the Earth's surface, it's the worst. That's it. The only thing that's advancing is, uh, well, everything that God created is deteriorating, and the only thing that's advancing is uh, the works of man's hands, we call it technology. Right. Which it also has advance. its own negative repercussions on... Well, they're, being, the they're using it to accelerate human devolution. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's like like you mentioned before, everything's kind of like a blessing and a curse in a way. And technology yeah, does have its benefits, yeah. But it's uh, I I would say I don't know. There's a lot of benefits to it, but in a lot of ways, I think negative and negatives outweigh. But um, but the you know, of course, the Illuminati have variants of our versions of this technology that are not deleterious to health. You know, they they have you know, but only the the stuff that they release out of the uh, you know, the masses, of course, you know. Just briefly, because uh, I was going to mention this earlier and I forgot, but uh, what we could do is uh, we could both get that book out. Yeah. And uh, I think in some respects, it depends what kind of question you're asking, it's superior than trying to listen to a voice. Mm-hmm. And uh, because it's really kind of a statistical thing, the odds of, this, of us getting the same thing uh, it's it's you know, as long as you do it right, you don't cheat or anything, you're honest. Be honest, um, yeah. Ideally, you'd want a group of people. If, if, if you all get start getting the same answers, you know, it's obvious. Yeah, it, it's very impressive. Um, it's supernatural, and uh, at the very least, I'd be more confident in this position. So, but this position, yeah. by the way, it, it causes a lot of problems. And yes. um, there's problems that I'm seeing right now just because I'm older and my mind thinks a little bit differently that I didn't see before. And I'm not going to go over the problems right now because uh, it's, it's, it's a big enough problem just trying to process that this could possibly be true. But it does have to do, to some degree, with the Earth shifting. Okay, so the directions change somewhat. Somewhat. In other words, you know, pure north like straight up and down back then, it's changed. You see that? Yep. Well, this can be seen within pyramids, how they lose their um, alignments to the cardinal points. They're misaligned, actually, by a couple degrees. Mm-hmm. And I think that's due to the Earth shifting. Go, go ahead with these um, Bos- Bosnian pyramids. Yeah, so um, this guy, uh, he found something, these formations... Uh, Intriguing. So what he did was he did some basic measurements around the base of the hills. I guess they, that's what they call them. And he found that they form a perfect equilateral triangle. And there's uh-huh. at least five pyramids or five hills. Um, he calls them the pyramid of these. There's the sun, moon, dragon, earth. And there's the other one, which I don't think he really talks about much. I forget the name of that. I don't think he even mentions it. But he does mention there are five of them. But what's really fascinating is that the, the three pyramids of the sun, the moon, and the dragon form an equilateral triangle within the center of those three pyramids. So you've got equilateral triangles and an equilateral triangle within the space between them. Which, I mean, if anybody's, if anybody's that has enough sense would think that this has to be an artificial formation. Yeah. And so, yeah, and, and these... And they have, uh, to put it, uh, yeah, they, they, just like the other pyramids, they have four corners, um, and they have uh, uh, four facets, 
um, in between the corners. Um, and uh, yeah, so we did. Uh, they did. So That's many, mathematically uh, completely off the charts. Right. Well, and the thing is, too, they did um, geo radar um, measurements, basically where they can. Uh, and it doesn't really accord with the notion that pyramids being a natural formation because they also contrasted the surrounding hills in the area with these four prominent ones or five prominent ones. And um, they did the same thing with, um, uh, I'm trying to think here, the, the electric, yeah, the, there's uh, anomalies too within the electromagnetic um, frequencies, and they also contrasted it with the surrounding hills, and there is a disparity between the two. It's a conductor and, of electricity. Yeah, it's like most pyramids. Yeah. Even guess what? what we, remember the last show what we talked about? Mm -hmm. About mountains. By the way, I didn't say, but a mountain is always a vortex, and yeah. it's a positive one. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. And uh, that's what we're I talking think, about there. Yeah, pyramids. Um, because hills do have, yeah, they do have elevated levels of negative ions. Um, they do have elevated levels of electromagnetic um, frequencies uh, and uh, caloric energy. But I think pyramids are specifically designed to basically accentuate that. And this is what this guy was showing. Um, and they did uh, aerial, initially they did aerial x-ray uh, of the grounds, and they found tunnel systems in, in these uh, pyramids, underneath these pyramids. Connecting well, there's tunnel systems the underneath um, <clears throat> the Great Pyramid. Yeah, of Giza? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, they started, and then they started doing some, you know... Uh, By the way, I believe they go down to the, uh, the subterranean uh, civilization. Oh, they really? used okay. to go back and forth, and there's actually a passage in Scripture... This would be a passage where people would go, I think, Dave, you're taking out of context or something. This is kind of hard. It, it, it actually talks about sending emissaries into, like, um, the subterranean realm. Because, see, they used to have knowledge that there was kingship down there. And they were seeking favor because they knew that they were superior. That's what everyone yeah. does. When they understand there's a superior authority, you know, I mean, they're just plain superior. You're inferior. Um they will try to seek the favor of that entity for their own benefit. Yeah. I think it says that they brought gifts or something like that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I'm just saying there are, well, I've heard a lot of stories. I've been fifth grade. I'm fascinated by these stories. But you can, uh, people have spent days and even weeks going through these tunnel systems, and they have come to... Um, uh, you know, it's going to take a lot of perseverance to do something like that. Uh, they've uh, run into um, non-surface beings. A lot of them are gigantic, some of them are blonde. What you, what you do is you focus on the repetition, and you're basically dealing with the same kind of thing, whether you're going to believe it or not, in Bigfoot. And how many Bigfoot stories do we need to hear? Yeah. Maybe you just don't want to believe this for some reason. It's basically the same thing. It's not going to be as common, you know, stories. It's not easy to get down to, but you, you can keep going in certain regions. And they keep blocking these things. I mean, there's a huge cavernous area in Kentucky, yeah. which is actually written about in that book that I mentioned. Uh, 
Edadorpa. Um, oh, Edadorpa, yeah, yeah. Uh, we hold to the theory that Edadorpa is showing a lot of truth. And then it's put in the context of um, fiction. It reveals certain things about the cavernous, the caverns. And one of the secrets is, is that when you go down there far enough, everything becomes self-luminous. Yep. And I absolutely believe that God did that ahead of time. And that's one of the reasons people were able to survive there. They weren't using lanterns. But they actually knew that it was self-luminous. They were seeking that region so they could yeah. survive. They got, we got to keep going. We can't go. We can't stay in the dark. Mm-hmm. Right. And they would have, you know, lanterns and stuff to get them down there, but they're not going to last. No, no. And that's how they were able to survive. Because stop and think about it. If there wasn't luminosity down there, how in the heck are they going to survive like a decade? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the dark. It's not going to happen. God provides ahead of time. Funny, uh, any dwarf, he talks, yeah, he talks about exactly what you're describing there, how they're, you know, these dark passageways, but eventually if you get down far enough, he this spirit guided him, I guess, and... Uh, That's all nonsense. Yeah. In my opinion, I and mean, believe that NC even existed. Well, apparently he saw... Um, I don't think the journey Diana. existed either. I don't think there was a journey. Journey, yeah. But see, that's the story, but then the things that they show you, like this, these gigantic, you know, fungus that you can, li- you can live off. Yeah, mushrooms. food down there. Yeah, there's mushrooms down there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gigantic <laughs> stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I could just yeah. all over the place. You know what you're doing. Yeah, I, w- I would like to go down there now if it wasn't already inhabited by the overlords. But you know, <laughs> well, there's there's different um, there's Yahweh worshippers down there. Believe it or not, they're they're farther down, and uh, there's all kinds of re- uh, reports of uh, entities that have blue skin. People would just laugh at yeah. that, you know. Oh, yeah. uh, but how do you know? And uh, Connie and Lisa claimed to see these beings. They had visions of them. They were just shown these beings. They didn't ask for anything like that. And they both started talking about these blue beings. And they go, what the heck are these? And I already knew what they were. I said, oh, those are the beings down there. People see them and they go down in the tunnels. And guess what? They worship Yahweh. Now, I don't know if there's... See, some of them worship Yahweh. The ones that worship Yahweh, they are a minority. But they're actually farther down. But if you go far enough down, there is like a hollow earth. I'm not saying it's like, you know, circular. Yeah. It could just be a regular massive cavern but it has a surface an inner surface and that's where some of these beings live and they actually worship Yahweh so the ones that um, that follow Satan they're actually higher up to a degree anyway huh. um, because it does improve as you go down because see the military industrial you call them like a dumb a dumb complex you've heard of the word dumb but yeah. represents those are directly built to surface as you go farther down, then you get into the more elite beings that run the world. Yeah. But then, the I don't know if there's a barrier or something like that, but once, once you reach the very elite, then you have to go farther and then you get to the, um, <clears throat> that inner region where these beings dwell. I'm not trying to say they all have blue skin. And by the way, it's a, it's, it's a lighter blue. Lighter blue, right. We know some yeah. of the gods are, I think, kind of a silvery yeah, blue. Mythology, mythology are depicted as some blue skin. Look at the um, blue. Uh, band. Look at why do they have these blue uh, beings over in uh, <clears throat> Hinduism? Yeah, exactly. Do they ever have any green ones? Mm. Why is it blue? 
Well, yeah, blue no. typically, um, you have blue or you have black skin or um, you have black skins, ones, two, and you have uh, light fair skins. Okay. So they're actually talking about deities, aren't they? Yeah. So, yes, there are entities in these. I'm just listening here. This is if I could talk about this, but um, let's make it simple. Um, as far as I know, all spiritual beings are shapeshifters. Then you have uh, beings that are not spiritual, like elves, and they can shapeshift too. They're more physical. Shapeshifting is no big deal. The snap of your fingers, okay? They, don't, they can't do it whenever they want to. Like say, occasionally they have to come into the divine council, the little ones. You probably have to appear a certain way. They can walk around completely naked. You're hearing this for the first time, you're kind of blowing your eyes. But they have to dress a certain way. They can't show up totally nude, you know what I mean? They'll have to blow a bond or something like that, ceremonial, you know what I mean? Nudity, that's a human issue. It's like some big thing, you know, because I think that's going to be actually restored. You've got to remember, we started out completely nude. That is natural and normal. It's because I have this fallen mind which is attracted to the body. It wants to desire that body. It wants to possess it. That's because of your fallen will. That's where the problem comes in. I want that. Now, in the golden age, which we talked about before Adam, Mm -hmm. there was no possessions, and nobody owned anything, and everyone was happy. And if you have a barter system, you'll be much happier than this system. Now, sure, capitalism is better than communism, but they're both messed up. You can see it. You know why? It, it encourages greed, selfishness, right? Yeah. And the privileged people are going to get way more. You know, the one percenters. The other yeah. people have to well, Most people around the world are poor by our standards, and we're getting poorer every day. And it's going to continue to get worse, unfortunately. So, yeah, you, in, in, in nature, you have sacred geometry everywhere because yeah. God's a great mathematician. As they actually say in Freemasonry, they actually call it mathematician. It's, it's actually true. Of course, you know, we talked about uh, carbon. It's, it's actually, that's the basis for this in record the other. It's actually a tetrahedral. Energetic. So, I mean, uh, but we're not talking about that. The reason it doesn't appear, geometry doesn't appear, is because you either have to make it bigger or make it smaller to see it. It's not evident. There are some things in nature, but you do have sacred geometry. You'll see it like in flowers and things like that. You'll see in a snowflake, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So it is out there. Sometimes it's larger, and you have to step back from everything and like look down and go, oh, you know. And but we're not talking about that. Um, we're talking about something that's man-built. Yeah. But that's absolute proof there because math math doesn't lie unless you get into you know theoretical mathematics and stuff like that. That's that's totally different. You get injection of propaganda. But uh, yeah. you know geometry is an extension of that, and it's trustworthy until you again get into the like, theoretical type stuff. Right. Uh, the, the angles don't lie. <laughs> yeah. No, no, they don't. And so in the ancient world, mm-hmm. um, if they were mystically in, inclined, or however you want to perceive that word, they would ascend to the mountain. 
I can be said to, you know, the to God, well, for whatever reason, maybe just have a spiritual experience, but um, that's yang energy. If you want a yin energy, you actually go into a cave. A tomb. Or, uh, yeah. Hang out by a waterfall. A grove. Yep. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, the Bosnian pyramids. Yeah. So, um, they had knowledge yeah. of energy. You see that? And it's been suppressed. That's why we don't have this. It's, they suppressed right. it. Well, we used to know. Yeah. Going off a little tangent off the Bosnian pyramids, but um, it's kind of, um, according to the mainstream, um, it's not really known what the pyramids are actually built for. Um, of course, you always, at least the pyramids of Giza, they, they, were, they were used as... Yeah, I think it was multi-purpose. Um, yeah, there's obviously multiple purposes. They're not um, going to put that much work in a building something that big, and, and I'll have only one purpose. Go ahead. Right. Um, they say that there's um, at least the pyramids of Giza that they're used for burial sites for the royalty, but there's really no evidence for that because um, no, they're all I think empty. propaganda. Yeah, because all the all the royalty there are there's already a place designated for the dead. It's called the Hall of the Dead in Egypt. Mm-hmm. Uh, these pyramids have no hieroglyphs. They have no etching like markings at all. No um, manuscripts. There's no furniture. There's nothing to date. There's nothing to analyze besides the structure itself. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't really no evidence that this was used for burial at all or tombs. And that's the I was always taught in the school that this was the case. I was telling other people this, and they've never heard about this before. Like, oh yeah, I thought that's what you know. I've never heard that there um, that there was. Uh, there's no indicators of it being a burial site because you know, that's what they were always taught in school. But um, as a general rule, an alternative opinion on an important or significant subject is always kept out of the curriculum. It's, it's that simple. Yeah. It's not in circulation. No. You got to go um, find it yourself. The way that the mainstream will try to counteract this um, this interest within the other uses for the pyramids is that they'll say, oh, the reason that there is dearth evidence or just complete lack, absence of evidence that these were tombs is because the Arabs came in and then they ransacked it and stole everything and took it out, all the treasure and... Um, but it's you mean the Muslims? Thing. Yeah. Oh, are you talking about Bosnia or Egypt? No, I'm talking about... Egypt. We're talking about Egypt. Yeah, so I was going off a yeah. little bit of a tangent there, but... Um, even the polling was down there. Yeah, well, that's one thing with Flamenco. Um, interestingly enough, I think I would have to disagree with. He thinks the polling built the pyramids, but uh, at least the one again? in the Alps. Uh, he believes um, the Napoleon and his entourage built the pyramids. pyramids oh, uh, that's one. <laughs> isn't that <laughs> crazy? Some of the stuff that he says is completely laughable. <laughs> that's yeah. one of his greatest hits there. I didn't know that. Uh, if I knew that one, I've got his first three books. If I ever heard that, I think I forgot about it. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Um, I mean, if you ever, I've heard people that visit the pyramids, they, they think that this is like, it's not even really a human accomplishment. Like, no modern human could construct such a um, magnificent um, formation like this. And I really don't The point was a Freemason, so he probably have certain knowledge that we don't, but I don't think it really still even then. I think it's kind of ludicrous. Um, 
I don't know if that was deliberate propaganda or he was just mistaken there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think yeah, anybody that visits the pyramids, they always um, describe this type of ambience, this energy. Oh, um, absolutely. I mean, they would yeah. do rituals. See, there's uh, chambers in there. And um, do I actually believe this or not? Um, you can see, I mean, uh, the founder of uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, Charles Russell, he was in all this stuff. And I, I actually have his old books, and he'll, you'll see, um, you know, diagrams and stuff like that. But it's supposed to be a prophetic timeline. Mm-hmm. It is very intriguing. I don't think I've ever run a check on that. But I've generally held to the view that that is a legitimate timeline there. I don't think anybody can interpret it. Yeah. I think there, there's too many things they don't know about. See, you really can't interpret the future unless God helps you. It's that simple. It's too yeah. deeply hidden. People fail badly when they try to predict the future, and they make fools out of themselves. That's why I don't try to do that kind of I'm talking about speculation, because they will most likely be wrong. In fact, I already talked about this example of this. Some guy asked me on Facebook, what do you think is going to happen this year? And uh, I really struggled to produce anything. I created this big word text, and I kept stalling and stalling. Eventually, I concluded that God didn't want me to do that. And as the year went by, I realized he actually stopped me. And Because I wasn't thinking, you don't want to do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, but the things that I expected... This is like right after Biden got in there. First of all, in the spring, I thought there would be all these riots with Antifa and Black Lives Matter, right? You think it just keeps... As soon as the weather warms up, right? Exact opposite happened. See? That's what happens when you predict the future. Right. There you go. Don't do it. (laughs) Don't do it. Without God's help. It's, it's okay. secret. It's hidden. And God even hides it from Satan. Some things. The details. Because Satan gets his surprises, too. He, you know, unexpected. It's like, remember I talked about the chessboard? Yep. What would happen if God played Satan in chess? He'd just get crushed. Satan wouldn't even play him because he'd just, I'm not going to humiliate myself. I don't want to no. do it. You know? He'd just get crushed over and over again. Oh, yeah. You know, like... Uh, Unexpected move. I've been watching chess for the first time. I used to be really into chess. Yeah, Eighteen to twenty, and uh, I've been watching like this uh, seven-year-old girl uh, defeat, you know, people like in Harlem or uh, they're chess hustlers. Chess hustlers, yeah, they play for money. And so they might live on the West Coast, but they're probably her parents are probably really, really super good at chess. She probably started playing when she was three. Yeah. And uh, they just want to have a little fun, so they probably fly over there. Maybe they live in New York or something. I don't know. And uh, these guys get suspicious because they can tell. So I think at one point he asked her, are you a master? Because you can actually be a master at a young age. Yeah. He started getting suspicious. I go, hold it. You know, this is how I set up. And he did lose. <laughs> I don't want to embarrass the guy, but I know what his name is. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a lot of these... Um Black guys in New York and cities, they, they play chess for money. In fact, he, um, de- he played her again. He defeated her both times. He defeated her. Go ahead. Wow. Yeah, chess, that's something I, I want to get into again. I just not, you don't really find too many people that enjoy the game anymore. I always 
for me. Like, I don't really see... Most people are in other forms of entertainment. So I think chess is a really... And it's obviously a cult. I know there's a cult um, symbols and chess, you know. Oh, geez, I've talked about that. That is actually the cosmic um, war depicted right in front of you. But here's the secret. You ready, everybody? The queen. Drum roll. The queen is more powerful, isn't she? Yep. Of course, you lose the game if you you take your king. So... Yeah. The queen's the most powerful piece, and it all everything represents something. Why do they have a bishop? Mm. Yeah. They've got right. their religious people, too. We'll talk about this before. They have their own Christ, and they actually call him Christ. They don't call him Antichrist. The Antichrist is their Christ. They have a Christ. I don't know about this, but they may actually call Jesus the Antichrist. If everything is reversed first. See, what the Illuminati are doing, they're prospering now because their side is winning according to what Jesus said. The first will be last and last will be first. The ones that are first, nothing's changed. They are the um, the ones that um, please Satan the most. Right? And the most evil people, Right? At the very bottom, you have the Christian saints that are being martyred, like in Hebrews 11. Yeah. It's going to be reversed. They actually know this. So it comes down to, you know, you want to uh, jump off a cliff for Satan or sacrifice some of them will. Others are going to switch sides. Those will mostly be the ones lower down, though. The other, I, I think, I believe the upper ones won't be able to. They'll go down with him. Uh, probably because, well... That's probably completely possessed, but I don't know. First will be last, and last will be first. And then it'll be reversed. Um, do you think that they're uh, the exalting and adulating of the queen that has to do with the queen of heaven, right? This is a controversial subject for Christians, you know. They get familiar with the Bible and things like that, and then they learn, you know, whether it is right for making um, cakes to the queen of heaven. They're condemned, okay? So when they're condemned, the Christians conclude, well, they were practicing pagans, paganism. They're worshiping. Actually, the Israelites know, knew who they were worshiping. They got into trouble for worshiping angels. And this is why you hear so little about angel worship among the Israelites because they don't want you to hear it because they're trying to disguise the Elohim. The Elohim got demoted to an angel. There's no such... Here we go. There's no such thing as an angel, (laughs) according to the Bible. It's a made-up word, like pastor. Hell is made up. It's not in the Bible. Uh, Apparently, you got it from uh, Germanic God, H-E-L, pure Illuminati, right in your Bible. In fact, the King James Bible, which is supposed to be the most perfect Bible ever. How did that happen when it came in the 16th century? John anyway. <laughs> yeah, um, why does it consistently mistranslate the word Hades as hell? 
And this is why people are so confused, even on YouTube. They think that when you, when, when, you know, if you don't receive Christ, when you die, where do you go? You go to hell. You don't. You go to the holding place. Hell, yeah. that's beyond that. First of all, isn't it true that you have to be judged first? Yeah. So yeah, exactly. these people, they don't even, their thought is not even developed. If you're going to hold to that view, okay, but do they ever talk about people getting out of hell so they can be at the last judgment and they go back to hell again? Is that what you believe? I mean, oh, I haven't thought about that. Ask them. Have you thought about that before? Uh, I haven't thought about that before. Well, I thought they just went to hell and you didn't think about the last judgment? They would have to get out to go back to hell and then go back to hell. No, it's two stages. It's a little bit more complex. It's amazing how many Christians think that, you know, you, you die, you go to hell. No, you don't. Nobody yeah. goes to hell when they die. Um, in fact, you can make the case that there's nobody in hell. Um, I believe that there is. But that, that was, there was a judgment that took place in the fifth century. Right. Do you think that place is worse than the holding place? That oh, yeah. But it's not as bad as they portray. You know they're going to make hell worse than it really is. Christians don't like to hear this. For some reason, they want that Dante's hell to be true. Of course really? they're going to do that. They will do both. They'll make it. They'll do the same old thing. They'll do all through history. They'll give you both extremes. They go to the ACDC hell. Okay. Oh, you want to go there, man. The Christians, man, those... Anyway, the Christians are evil. I mean, you and not create Christianity. I read about it on... I heard about it on YouTube. Yeah, Illuminati, actually, there's truth in that. <laughs> yeah. But they don't understand, you know, the salt of the earth principle, the remnant. See, the remnant are actually hidden by God. Nobody pay, really pays attention to it. If you're not one of them or a Christian in a temporary state of regeneration, first of all, you don't even know who the remnant are unless it's really obvious. This guy's got to be one of them, you know I mean? Look at his life, you know. The people, it's amazing how many people have secret sin. You know, they look good on the outside. They look good when they go to church, man. Yeah. Professional Christians. There you go. A lot of that stuff's going on. But, yeah, people go to Abraham's bosom. Uh, you can't overthrow that with a single unclear passage. When that, um, <clears throat> he led captivity captive, that's not a proof text for anything. They have one verse. Well, I've said that before. They, it, another verse they would use is the souls under the altar. Revelation 6, again, another unclear passage. That's not, tell me about these souls under the altar. They don't know anything. Then why are you trying to use it as a proof text? Yeah. Those are only two verses that I'm aware of. Neither one of them has any sufficient clarity. Uh-huh. What happened to Abraham's bosom? Just vanished like Eden, so your beliefs are simpler now? <laughs> that was simple. Now I can understand better. We yeah. need to stick to the simple gospel truth. I don't think God made it complicated. He wants his people to understand. They have no sense. You know, Paul talks about mysteries, right? Nobody's he's talking about the esoteric. They're supposed to be um, esoterica in Christianity. Well, obviously there is all this knowledge that's taken away by God, right? Esoteric all over the place. So they gave us the opposite view Everything is in plain view for God's people that receive the blessing. Because God wants to bless you. He wants you to know. He's not here to hide anything from you. This is what Christians believe, okay? The opposite. 
So anyway, um, you either have uh, the ACDC hell or you have Dante's hell. And that was actually propaganda. I believe he was an agent. He may have actually lived in the 19th century. Hmm. And they moved him back on a timeline because they do do this with people. Because you, you, see, you have a shortened chronology. So yeah. some of these historical figures, they move them around because they actually need to. They stretch. They, they had to. Uh, they create an extra millennium. Extra millennium. Like, you both believe that? I, yeah. and that's one of the big things, huge things, that you and I agree with Flamenco on. He nailed that one. Now, the big secret is all through history, you have one millennium after another. You ever heard anybody talk about that? It culminates in the great year, the 24 ages, the 1,000 years long, the sub-ages, 250 years, and something significant will happen, you know, like the French Revolution. Okay, and then um, there is actually a succession of great years. I think there's at least three or four of them. That might bother me. There's no eternal age. That's pure propaganda garbage. And eventually, God dissolves everything, and we go back to a superior realm, superior to heaven, and um, that's our eternal home. It always exists. That's the abode of God. And the only reason we come down here is to suffer. And God wants to illustrate something. And we have to enter into a inferior world. It's, it has some commonalities with, with the Gnostics yeah. talked about. Because the, the Gnostics believe in a supremely negative creation. There's a lot of truth in that. See, Christians don't have anything else. What they have in the future is God's going to um, turn it into a basically a paradise, right? If they think it's going to last for all eternity, it's, it's not going to. And then eventually, you'll have a massive amount of time that goes by because you always have time because it relates to motion. Mm-hmm. And God, I compare it to like rebooting your computer. You have these little tiny, almost imperceptible imperfections. The scripture says that God is light and in him there was no darkness at all. That means that every entity below him has less light and it's always mingled with darkness always that's that's why you have less light because it's mingled with darkness darkness is important in fact darkness enables you to see the light because the light is too powerful for us to see we cannot see god's glory the bible actually teaches that you know what I mean? yep we need darkness to see the glory of god isn't that fascinating no one has seen the Father any time the Son has explained him. Right. Well, I think that's the other plot. Right. Yep. Um, in, or, in order to do that, you have to prove that uh, Enoch, well, you actually don't. And Enoch and Elijah could potentially go to heaven but not see the Father. So, but actually, um, they did see the Father, if I remember right. Like, so maybe that's like a nominal a, statement. Some of a throne scene, a throne scene, right? Yeah. Isn't there a throne scene in First Enoch? Uh, I'm not very familiar with the writings. Yeah. I mean, he was led around. He was led around by Uriel. Hmm. You know, the seven before the throne? Mm-hmm. He's not yeah. mentioned in the Bible, by the way. Wait, so you said Uriel is one of the seven? Yeah. He's in the top four. The other one is Raphael. Raphael right. is mentioned in the book of Tobit. Yeah. Yep. He says, I... <clears throat> And one of the seven that stand before the throne of God. 
right there. Yep. Remember that was in the, um, you know, the Apostolic Bible? We're talking about the Septuagint, right? What do scholars say? They say somewhat simplistically that the Septuagint, and this is like majority opinion, was the Bible of the Apostles. The Bible of the Apostles. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, look at the first King James Version. It had the Apocrypha too. So the Protestant movement began with the Apocrypha. It was yep. removed later. Yep. Never that was the first too. It's kind of interesting because, look at those scriptures are so important. It yeah. had to be God that took it away. God took it away from his own people. Well, I mean, if you look, most of the, the history of the intertestamental period, you know, leading up to, you know, the Roman Empire, we, um, we really don't have much other than the Apocrypha. Yeah, it's critically important. It builds in, you know, this whole historical period, the Maccabean period, before John the Baptist. Incredibly important. That's what the the book of Maccabees is about. So, what does the Protestant mind do? He goes, "Well, there's something in there. They're praying to the dead, so they're going to reject that book, and the whole apocrypha goes along with it because we found an error. Did you find an error in your Bible in First John five seven? You're still looking, or what? What's your problem? Right. Does that exactly. stuff start rejecting the Bible well, now? We found actually, it we'll, we'll tolerate that day because it, <laughs> it supports a crucial doctrine, even though it's been interpolated. It's a crucial doctrine. The trend. Here's the thing. Yeah, perhaps it was a tribal edition. whoop de do. So now we got an error yeah. in the Apocrypha. Well, I would expect that. Wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Are they going to throw the whole thing out the window? <laughs> and they also took it away from the Jews. Do the yeah, Jews now hold it yeah. in low esteem? They got psy up too. Well, apparently, um, there's some Catholic apologists that they all didn't, didn't always used to be the case. Um, they made arguments that the Jews did actually. They held it to uh, in a higher esteem, higher view of it at an earlier I'm, period, and then later. Yeah. Well, you got different types of Judaism, so sometimes you generalize. You know, I mean, Orthodox yeah. Jews are actually a minority, but a lot of times when I talk about Judaism, I'm talking about Orthodox Jews knowing full well they're in a minority. I mean, they're conservative, you know. Yeah. They're outnumbered by liberals. And they're not, I don't even believe that they're even, well, I mean, they're not, they rejected Messiah, so anyway. Yeah. It's not even a legitimate religion. It, 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 Orthodox Judaism would be recoverable if they had Christ. But you can actually, you can still be a Jew and believe in Jesus, actually. Well, they don't have the gospel either, but... Um, um, Actually, that is not true. That is not what I just said is not true, because you have essential doctrines. Remember that. Yeah. So, for instance, in First Corinthians 15, you see verse one, two, three, and it helps to read farther. That the gospel is associated with a general resurrection. Like I said before, most Christians don't even know that. Um, well, you have to believe it. It's an essential yeah. aspect of the gospel. Most Christians don't even know that because the pastors are ignorant. Pastors. Just like we talked about earlier today, yeah. they don't even teach you how to uh, praise God. Do they teach you how to pray? You know how many Christians I've run into that don't they don't know how to pray? You know, if you got to go buy a book on prayer at a Christian bookstore because uh, the pastor he didn't teach you how to pray. Pastors also don't teach you how to 
study the Bible. There's a way to do it. I mean, you could just take you know, like a couple hours and just go over the simple stuff instead of doing absolutely nothing. You know why? Because they actually don't value it. You know why they don't value it? Because um, it wasn't impressed upon them sufficiently in seminary. Seminary is so incredibly dumbed down. They don't even do theology. Yeah. What is theology? Systematic theology? Simply organized truths. You'd be surprised. If you say the word theology in a lot of groups today, they have a negative reaction. Oh, you don't, you don't need to get all that stuff. Those people, I don't even know if they know God. You know, they were living oh. it all up in their head. I believe that, uh, you know, God's got a love and uh, it all has to do with the heart. Those kind of people, you know. Yeah. You don't get it. <laughs> it's not <laughs> either or, it's both. <laughs> anyway, so the truth is found in the middle. I'm going to come to, the, right. to hell. And, uh, typically, you see that the middle position is shoved over in the corner somewhere. That's why when people hear it, they go, eh, eh, eh. People are trained to believe that the majority opinion is true. You know why? God's in control and God's dispensing the truth. See that childlike belief? That's why they believe these things. God wants everyone to know, not just Christians. He wants the whole world to know. The truth has a lot. But yeah, you've got to believe essentials. And you've got to get every one of the essentials or you're, you're going to be doomed. So it's not just receiving Christ. You know, you've got to receive the gospel, too, which Christ is central in. Right. You know, you have to believe in a physical resurrection of his body. That's what it's talking about in Romans 10:9, which would normally take place within the context of baptism. It's not like, here's the Jesus prayer, right? And you look at them. No, the Jesus prayer didn't exist. Yeah. Actually... Until the uh, Second Great Awakening, which is not what appeared to be in, in I'll just say the middle, latter part of the uh, 19th century. A good point. <laughs> First of all, I believe that the Great Pyramid, was, I don't know if it was ancient Louvian, but it was built before the Cataclysm. It actually survived. That's why it's so messed up. Weathered. It's not because it's, anti, anti, it's so uh, archaic. It's right. Like, yeah. Well, they're saying Imagine it's how down. beautiful it would be in a gleaming sun. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the, the one that Cheops Pyramid is made of mud bricks, but the other ones, there's, there's um, um, I'm trying to think of the other name. There's ones that supposedly predate that one that are made of giant polygonal stones. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so here's tons, five ton stones, yeah. Yeah. So we've talked about, we speculated that these pyramids were actually built, and possibly the ones in Central America too, because they had, they had a strong memory of the flood. And there was lesser cataclysms along the way. We were told there was one in ancient Sumer, by the way. I don't, I don't yeah. think it's in the Bible. But um, uh, here's a fascinating theory, that those were actually Solomon's pyramids. What, in Mesoamerica? In Bosnia. Oh, in Bosnia? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, because that would be generally that would generally be um, placed in the area that we are saying Israel was in, or the northern kingdom. So you know what causes somebody to build something gigantic? Unless you're trying to glorify God, it's just the human ego. We're going to oh, yeah. build something bigger and better. 
So Solomon's pyramid, we shouldn't be too surprised that they, would, they wouldn't be on that grandiose scale. Because like God, and he has to answer to God. It's like, what are you doing? What's this build? See, kings would build things. It was an extension of their ego. They have these huge building projects, right? Look at Herod. Isn't it true, don't you agree with me, that he probably, the reason his main motivation to renovate the inferior second temple of Ezra and Nehemiah's day was to glorify himself? Agree with that? Get a looking theory there? Because that's what I say. Look how many resources that took. You can just imagine resources that could have been given to help the people. You still there, Josh? He went silent on me. But he's still on the phone. Hey, uh, sorry about that. I got interrupted. Oh, okay. Um, someone's knocking on my door. Um, I kind of still what you said there, unfortunately. Um, um, what I was saying is that it's, it's the human ego that is the motivator. Oh, yeah. That builds something gigantic. And that's what was going on with Herod there. Herod, right. So Solomon, you can say whatever you want about it. He still had to be accountable for God. He's not going to build something that gigantic would take that much resources away from the people. I don't think, unless it had a real practical purpose. That, that's right. Possible exception. Well, which is, but you don't need to build it that big as a great pyramid. Yeah. It's wasteful. Yep. Just build a smaller one and then... By the way, I don't necessarily believe those are Solomon's pyramids, but his empire encompassed that area. So I'm just saying it's a fascinating theory. I, I don't even believe that. Well, fact, I, I haven't even thought about it until today. <laughs> well, I thought about it too, but I didn't. Uh, I, I didn't recall it until you just mentioned it. I just, I wasn't. I don't know if I was comfortable in making that connection. So or at least vocalizing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Um, so yeah, the, his his research was stunted and impeded greatly by not actually by the Bosnian government, but by the archaeological institutions in his own country and also elsewhere in continental Europe, um, all over Europe and in Great Britain too. They, they, there was a whole coalition. Um, uh, the European Archaeological Association, about 50 petitions from all over uh, continent to try to shut this guy's um, research down. So that has to raise some eyebrows and uh, suspicion there. Um, well, you know why? Because of the mathematics we talked about. They don't right. want people even looking into it. So right. what they do, they uh, anathematize it. And they do this over and over in archaeology. Yeah. So he, yeah, he's been, he's been... Uh, Your career will be over. Yeah. Some Velikovsky. And what, yeah. what happens is you stumbled across something that's out of the box, if you want to call it that stumbling, you know. Because you're not, the esoteric, you kind of stumble across it because you don't really expect it, see. Right. Some people expect to find things, but usually people kind of stumble across it. They go, what is this? Where did this come from? You know, it's, it's, it's not expected. Yeah. Right. It could be the second um, time around, you know, but not the first time, <clears throat> usually. Right. Yeah, one thing I forgot to mention, because this is actually earlier in my, my notes here, um, there's a summer solstice, um, 6.30, around 6.30 there in Visico. Uh The sun sets, and it forms uh, 
a shadow that's from the pyramid of sun onto the pyramid of the moon and it reaches the tip of the pyramid of the moon almost kind of like alluding to this mm-hmm. uh, symbolically to the notion of the day night cycle so that's really and again it shows that there is something deliberate or advertent in these formations that was done by humans and it wasn't a natural formation um yeah, you'll see something similar to that at least one period in a uh, pyramid in like Mesoamerica. By the way, um, there's another way to, there's a number of ways to build the pyramids, but one of them is um, people used to work in league with elemental spirits. Hmm. Elemental spirits are in the Bible, I believe, at least twice. And the Bible refers to, um, they have to do with the four different types of matter or substances. Um, and uh, they're the builders. In fact, uh, Chuck was actually told that they rebuilt after the cataclysm. Yet the, the world was destroyed. You know, here's the thing. If the firmament collapsed, which it did the first time around, they rebuilt it. And they work yeah. under the angels. The angels give them orders. Yeah. Now, sometimes the angels, like the lesser ones, they have hands-on stuff. By the way, the royal ones, they don't do anything hands-on. No, no. They're the spoiled cosmic rats. They're spoiled, by the way, too. They may not like me saying that. <laughs> well, isn't that typical of royalty? Oh, yeah. yeah. The silver spooners. And they also get yeah. to have lots of fun. The other ones have to work. Um, and they have to show up to do certain things. In between, they, they have lots of fun. They have feasting. Heaven is, has more commonalities with uh, the Norse Bahala when it comes to, like, yeah. you know. They have, here we go. I've never said this on the show. They have <laughs> intoxicants. Mm-mm. Did you know the Bible says more positive things about alcohol than it does negative? The reason Christians don't know this is because it's mostly in the Old Testament, scattered through the entire book pretty much. All you've got to do is just go to a concordance, put the right words in there, and it'll be right before your eyes. Let's see, you go to Google and put, um, what does the Bible say about alcohol? And you want to get everything laid out there so you can see the actual context. Instead of listening to these silly people like Seventh-day Adventists, oh, you know, the evils of alcohol. Alcohol is yep. a blessing. And if you're a state of suffering, it's remarkable what it does on an emotional level. Of course, you can't abuse it. And has the Bible ever condemned drinking alcohol? No. Oh. It condemns drunkenness. Those are two completely different things, and it's virtually impossible to prove. Was Jesus creating grape juice <laughs> at the wedding? Well, my Christ <laughs> would never. Right? He would never. Not my Jesus. Oh, okay. Well, how is grape juice going to provide emotional comfort and by the way, there's actually a scripture that actually tells, God's telling um, people to drink, um, to comfort them, because I think they're going to be destroyed or something like that. She so says, go ahead and drink. Yeah. You'll feel better before you're destroyed. Wow. Well, that was a paraphrase, but that passage is in there. It's kind of like mocking them. Yeah. But when you're physically suffering, of course, they had a lot of knowledge of natural drugs and herbs back then, but, I mean, that's one of the primary things you do, but you can't have a little lifestyle of drinking. I mean, you'd be kind of addicted to it. Yep. you got to take breaks. So it's not a long-term solution. 
Yes, we yeah. have natural drugs and herbology. And just for the record, yes, I do believe that, um, look, at cannabis, <laughs> give me a break, um, it grows over there. And um, I do believe that it's in the scripture somewhere, but I'm not certain. I think I've located that you can't prove anything. Um, so I, but here, here's the point. Where is this forbidden? In fact, show me one single time that any natural drug is forbidden in scripture. What kinds of natural drugs? Well, um, there's actually a paper. I know we were about to do a show on this uh, in the past, but on how the high priest should actually consume some of these. I'm aware of that. Um, it's like a I think there may be something to that. Yeah. Well, I don't have a lot of a lot confidence of in it, though. Yeah. Well, actually, if you would correctly identify cannabis, if that is the correct identification, that that is actually true. Because that word is being used. It's an anointing. See that? What it would induce is, is a mild euphoria. I just want to say quickly, it's kind of funny. I'm not saying anything negative, okay? But the owner of TalkShoe, um, great guy, named Todd Shapiro. He has his own podcast. And he actually owns a company. Or he, I think he uh, obtained a TalkShoe like in 2015 or maybe right before that or something like that. He actually owns a company over in the Netherlands, Holland, you know, that is all about uh, microdosing psilocybin. This is totally different than the way a typical American would take, uh, you know, talking about mushrooms, you know, shrooms. Yeah. We're always trying to get stoned. So I developed this theory a long time ago. You don't want to do that. You want to microdose. I didn't have that term at the time. But the last time I took shrooms was 1983. So don't worry about it, okay? And uh, I did try to find them one time. I was on a bike ride, but I couldn't find any. I just looked around, you know. Yeah. Yeah, but they're illegal here. They're illegal in Canada. And, uh, but they're not in the Netherlands. And that's where his company is at. And uh, big thing, thumbs up for me. So I have nothing negative to say at all. You cannot prove that's a sin. A microdose? Yeah. And it's supposed to be beneficial for your mental health. And I actually believe it is. And this is the true reason why. It's illegal because it causes a, it can potentially cause a positive mental shift. I'm going to release a podcast. The, the running title is Frozen Minds. Okay? Maybe a couple of them. I already did. Our minds are frozen artificially. They need to be jump-started. And drugs, natural drugs can actually do this, but only in the short term. After that, you run into problems. Like when I used to get stoned, I worked at a hospital. I don't want to reveal too much, but I had a friend there who could uh, get me high every day for free. And uh, he worked in a place that, you know, the security cards didn't go to. And I had another friend who would come down there. I think he was a janitor or something like that. And almost every single time uh, when I got stoned, I would immediately start talking about, like, Atlantis, UFOs, aliens. Uh, even the Bible, everybody would just sit back and laugh because they go, here, here he goes. And why did I do that? Because it opens up your mind to, remember the story when I took mushrooms and I went to the movie Monty Python? Yep. And laughed my way through the entire film. Trust me. And the entire place was packed. It was opening night. And um, 
it's, this is a blasphemous comedy. It is, yep. It is absolutely blasphemous. And they actually show Mary Magdalene completely naked. Oh, jeez. Pubic triangle. And I'm driving home with my girlfriend that night, and I had my first, I pulled over the side of the road, and I had my first religious experience. Why? I'm going to say that God was working because everything was right out of Scripture. I knew that I was a sinner, that I needed to repent. The Bible was true. God is real. I actually believed all these things, but I didn't believe anything about the repenting stuff. So did I repent? No. Um, he didn't take me that far, but he showed me the truth, and he actually worked through the sins because it gives you a different level of awareness. Now, when you smoke cannabis, you can hear spiritual beings more clearly. Yeah. That is, you don't know who you're going to be in contact with. It actually depends on you, your nature, your motives, yeah. your intentions. What are you trying to do? But just because your intentions are good, it doesn't mean you're going to contact something that is um, beneficial. So it is risky. Yep. And I, just for the record, I don't recommend uh, taking mushrooms and trying to contact anything. Now you heard it from today. You know why? It's too dark out there, man. Yeah. And that's why God has shut this down. He simplified everything. Christians don't have enough knowledge. You start delving into um, the spiritual realm. They don't, understand what they're they don't even understand there's good spirits out there. Like I said, it's right in Scripture. You're just going to probably get in trouble. Because you don't know what you're doing. I, see, I've never sought anything. They came to us. That's totally different. Yeah. And I'm like trying to evaluate what's going on here. Don't think that I didn't think it was fake sometimes. You know, I was suspicious or maybe, maybe they're trying to, you know, duplicate this and fool us or something like that. How do we know this voice is true? I can, I've been through all that. And you have to yeah. go through that. You have to. Um, otherwise, you'll just believe whatever, you're, whatever you hear. You, you, can't, you can't do that at all. They could slip something in there. I mean, you can, like, hear too much. But you could definitely can hear better in an altered state initially. Taking opium, I'm not about advocating anything here, okay? Uh, but it can open doors to perception. If you keep taking, take, keep taking opium, you're going to shut down the doors to perception. You'll be, you'll be worse off than you were before. So there's only a few people in society that are disciplined enough to actually do this. It, basically, you're talking about ritualistic um, usage of drugs. Do Americans know how to do that? No. They just know how to get stoned. See? So there's some people out there that you do this ritualistically. We know about that. You know? How many yeah. people do like that? It's not even one percent. So, so how much time do you have left? Uh, here, um, I have ten minutes. <laughs> Maybe I'll put shrooms at the end of the time. Um, yeah, I was just going to say that. I think I think that um, there's a lot of uh, so connecting with your idea of ancient Sumer being somewhere in Eastern Europe, I, I, I do think that there is some researchers out there that are now uncovering these megaliths and these formations that are also buried under the ground, but it's, it's been um, obstructed by, of course, the establishment of the institutions. But I think this is one of those instances... Notice they suppress everything. Go ahead. Right. Well, I think that's one of the. This is one of the instances of that uh, of this, and I think these um, 
these sites uh, are co uh, corroborative uh, of the, the well notion of, um, well, at least that there was some type of advanced society there, um, and it wasn't always backwards underdeveloped. And I think it makes ancient Sumer and Babylon in Eastern Europe more tenable. That's simply why I was actually uh, kind of wanted to connect this with what you were saying. Um, you know, if you look at all of Western Europe, and then you also include Germany, you'll come up with a glorious past, even with the Norsemen. It's some point in history. Where's the glorious past of Eastern Europe? Yeah. They give you nothing. Yeah. I would be suspicious. Yeah. Because they don't want you looking. of Atlantis was an island which lay before the great flood. The great Egyptian age is but a remnant of the Atlantean culture. The antediluvian kings colonized the world. All the gods who play in the mythological dramas and all legends from all lands were from fair Atlantis. Knowing her fate, Atlantis sent out ships to all corners of the earth. On board were the twelve. The poet, the physician, the farmer, the scientist, the magician, and the other so-called gods of our legends. Though gods they were. And as the elders of our time choose to remain blind, let us rejoice and let us sing and dance and ring in the new. Hail Atlantis!
Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? 
No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.